spray is it today? Hey, I'm okay. a poet and I didn't even know it. Oh my god. Well, it's this beautiful spray. <laughs> Doesn't smell. <laughs> it's called Ion, Intelligence of Nature, Skin Support. Promotes a barrier against toxins, supports a healthy sun response, improved skin hydration. Uh, so I am a huge fan of Zach Bush and uh, I decided to try out his product. Product placement. You like that? Mm -hmm. So we're trying it. We're going to see how, what happens in 30 days to my face. <laughs> okay. That's not a, that's, that was bad. Sorry. So if, if you're watching us in the yeah. community, we, from this date on, we'd like yeah. you to submit, do you notice a change in Lane's face in 30 days? <laughs> you know, it costs, it's a pretty penny. Uh, so I'm hoping that it helps. But you uh, know, you get what you pay for. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you do. Sometimes. That's the theory, at least. Yep. Um, I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with Lane Kennedy. What's happening today? <laughs> it's a good day. Yeah. It's a good day. It's, um, I did a little Netflix binging last night, which felt really good because I don't do it often. And I'm watching what, the what, show. What, what, yeah, yeah. Tell me. Tell me. What I'm, are you binging? I'm watching the show Casual right now, which is very appropriate to what we're talking about today because it's about oh. dating. It's about a woman who her marriage ends and mm -hmm. moves in with her brother and it's, you know, both of them are dating. And so it comes, you know, from somebody who's single and just kind of a player and mm. then from this woman trying to figure out what she wants, you know, in terms of casual. Um, and it's so good. I'm on season two. I think I started watching it last week. <laughs> But like every time I watch an episode, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> maybe I'll do that. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I did not binge last night. Really? Yeah, but I was up until two o'clock in the morning. Oh. Yeah. This is what happens when I don't get in the window. Mm. So I ended up in bed at 1029. Because we were watching Peaky Blinders, mm -hmm. Peaky Blinders. If you haven't watched that show, I highly suggest it. Uh, it's shot beautifully. Uh, it is scripted so dark. I usually don't like dark, but it's worth the watch. Uh, and I went to bed at, yeah, 10, 29. I laid there in bed because I passed my window. And then I was up until about 2.30. Yeah. Yeah, just tossing and turning and looking up at the, you know, ceiling. And I decided that I would typically do a practice. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do the practice tonight. Like, what, what's wrong with me? I want to sleep. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I was like fighting myself. No, you're not doing it. So I just continued to lay there until, you know, 2.30 in the morning. And then finally, I fell asleep and I woke up at 5. Yep. Ready to go. Wow. Well, you're in a fairly good mood today. So, I mean, I <laughs> is it tomorrow that we have to watch out? <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> or later on today. I'm glad I caught you in the morning. Yeah. Later today, <laughs> it, it, you know, if I'm not in the sauna by two o'clock, it could be disastrous. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Sleep is tricky. I actually talk to a lot of people right now that they, they're struggling with their sleep, waking up in the middle of the night. Oof. I wake up too early sometimes. I mean, a couple yeah. days ago, I woke up at two <laughs> and decided to stay up. Um, but yeah, that's a thing. When you get older, I, I hear you get yeah. less and less sleep. Yes. I, I don't understand it. I don't like it. I, actually, that's a lie. I do understand it, but I'm not going to get into it on the podcast because it's an, it's another discussion. It is. We'll have to have a separate episode on that. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> perfect. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm fairly good. I had a decaf today. I did. I'm going to own that. I had a decaf, uh, from Phil's coffee, you know, famous Phil's coffee here in San Francisco. It's so good. So good. So good. I had, I had the mint mojito tomorrow. I've had that once. It was delightful. I asked for decaf and they obliged a miracle. Mm-hmm. I want one. Yeah. Now, now you want one. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I will not be having one this afternoon though. I promise. No, no. Okay. just that was it. I'm done. And you know what? Tomorrow I could wake up and not even, I, I maybe I'm going to give that up to like the matcha. Maybe it's time. I know the eyebrows are really great today. I know. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. One thing at a time. I, you know what? I can't, the, the decaf coffee. Mm-hmm. I just, if I'm going to have coffee, I want coffee. Really? Okay. (laughs) See, I don't, I'm asking myself, like, what is it, Lane? What is it about this ritual that you have to do? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what is the point of this? And honestly, it is the flavor. Like, there is nothing like coffee. I only started drinking coffee at 36. Oh my God. What? Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't stand it before then, which is really weird because my brother started drinking coffee really young and my parents both drank coffee, but Mm -hmm. I just never could get into it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, when I started training 10 years ago, my trainer had said, you can drink three things, Mm -hmm. black coffee, tea, or water. That's it. You drink black coffee? I started off drinking black coffee. I had to force myself to drink it, but I'm like, well, if I'm going to pick any of them, yeah. I'm going to yeah. do the coffee and the water because the coffee at least is going to give me somewhat of an effect. <laughs> going for the effect. Going for the effect. And so I just forced myself to drink black coffee. And I actually, you know, when I gave up alcohol, I started smoking again. And so I created, unfortunately, this ritual of black coffee and smoking first thing in the morning. And when that took hold, it was so hard to stop. Uh, that uh, black coffee, I can't wrap my head around that anymore. I just know that's, do you, do you drink black coffee now? No. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. Gross. But I was just thinking about the black coffee and cigarettes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Or like uh, a cigarette after sex. Oh yes. Like no, that. <laughs> So, so in Peaky Blinders <laughs> last night, in Peaky Blinders last night, th- there were two sex scenes. And after each of those scenes, they reach for a cigarette. And I was, uh, I, I just, oh, yeah, I they could do that. feel it. I could feel it. Mm-hmm. I, I was embracing that moment with them. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> Don't miss that. 
No. Liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire right here. <laughs> I do miss that. <laughs> you miss it. You just don't miss what comes after as a result of smoking. Correct. Like the stink on my hands and my hair. I do not miss that. I don't miss the cough. <clears throat> like that thing that happens in the back of my throat. Oh, no. 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 Um, and my tongue, like it turns into like cat tongue. <sighs> yeah. And no, kissing someone that's a smoker no. when you're not a smoker. Not good. No, don't miss that. So yeah, that, that, uh, was that a nice, uh, entry point into our conversation today? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Kissing people that are yeah, smokers. Don't, yeah. don't do it. Um, don't do if it. you don't like it, don't do it. I, you know, you can ask us questions. So I want to answer, we've had some questions submitted and I think this is also appropriate for what we're talking about today. Um, if, if you head on over to our website, by the way, the big orange button, I kept it orange because I'm just like, oh, it's the orange button. Ask yeah. us a question. So yeah. this is one of the questions. I can't wait. What is the question? Tell me. Tell so me. you're brand new sobriety, right? Alcohol free. So you just stopped. You just using. stopped drinking. Yep. Okay. And this could be any, like maybe you just stopped binging Snickers bars. Exactly. Like me, right. Like yeah. I had, I had to stop eating Snickers bars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or smoking. You just stopped smoking. Yes. Mm -hmm. A routine that you're used to. Okay. So you're mm -hmm. brand new into the world. You're like a baby yeah. and you decide you're going to have the first time you have sex or get intimate with someone. Were you terrified? <laughs> um, I gotta, I gotta go back and time. Okay. You answer this. Cause I'm like, uh, <laughs> I gotta go back in my memory. I'm going to say no. Now, because I you used were not to, terrified. I wasn't actually. Okay. okay which nice. is a little bit, it's a little strange and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I used to love to have a glass of wine on a date, right? Because it loosens you up a little bit and then you're either you, something happens at the point where you don't remember or you're just kind of more relaxed and you know, it, whatever you let the night take it where it will. Um, so when I quit drinking, I, kind of dabbled in the dating a little bit. I've shared this on a previous episode and it didn't work out so well. And I stopped. I took that suggestion and said, okay, I'm going to wait a year. And when I started dating someone seriously, we actually, because we couldn't see each other most, like we saw each other once a weekend and I had roommates in the house and a bunch of roommates. It, we, we had to prolong that intimacy for about a month. And so I think because there was that 30, and I'm like a try it before you buy it kind of person. So 30 days was a long time. And I'm like, okay, we're going to plan a weekend to go away. We knew exactly what was going to happen. And I think because there was all that buildup, that was the first time I had had sex with someone and you could feel all the feelings. You could feel all the motion. There was all that pent up energy and it actually was so much better. Uh, that was the first time you were having sex. Sober. Sober. Yes. And what was the gap? How much time? That was a year and one month after. That was, that's a good gap. That, and that's the longest I've ever been single for because I'm, I'm one of those seriously I'm, a, I'm an overlapper you're a, you're a uh, what is it the, the serial dater uh a serial monogamy right like that I think that's what it's called so yeah like that, uh where you're constantly involved with somebody yeah 
Now, the dating, on the other hand, was a little bit different, which we can get into a little bit later. But yeah, no, the first time I did, I was like, okay, it's been 30 days since we started dating. Let's just get on with this. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm supposed to answer this question too. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's the question again? So you're brand new to yeah. sobriety. Right. So I got that part. Right. So what's the real question? Like, Having the- sex, were you terrified? Was I terrified? I don't think I was. I, maybe a little bit. I mean, you have to remember, I uh, jumped into recovery with my partner. We both stopped at the same time. And she was, well, you know, uh, it was, she wasn't available. Let's just put it that way for a while. We were both kind of not available. She was on the road, uh, touring and it, 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 it just like, we had to get sober. Like we really kind of dove into our sober life. And then I I would say for the first month, we were not active at all. And Mm -hmm. then something happened where, uh, she was suddenly very, um, needy in this way. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we would get into bed and it would just be awkward. It would be awkward. Uh, I wouldn't say it was better because we had pretty hot sex anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to send it this episode, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I I don't know, you know, it was okay. So let's cut to when I'm, you know, uh, I don't even know, four years into recovery or something, three years and I'm gone. She's gone. And I've moved on in my life because I think this is what gets important here is where I changed over to dating men. Mm -hmm. This is where I was like, what WTF is happening? What's going on? I was nervous as hell. I didn't know what to expect. And mind you, it's not like I hadn't had sex before with a man. Mm -hmm. You know, like I started on that side of the fence. So, uh, that was a moment where it was, uh, yeah, awkward, awkward and that's okay. I got through it. And then I had, again, I just go back to best sex ever. Well, not really, but yeah. In the, in the early days, in the early days, he was like, you know, I talked about him before on an episode, the drummer Mm -hmm. who I became a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't even don't, don't. (laughs) Okay. I'll stop. Don't don't go there. (laughs) (laughs) We won't go there today. No, not today. Okay. (laughs) So yeah. um, So for our listeners, you know, the experience of like, is it going to be awkward? Is it going to be uh, super steamy and hot? Yeah. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be awkward. Who cares? You're sober. Yeah or you're new into your, you know, addiction free life. Yeah. And I mean, it depends on the person too. I mean, I've had, so that scenario happened, you know, a year and a half into me getting sober, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, in my life before that, I remember I was with someone for about a year and Mm -hmm. he always wanted to stay home and watch sports. And so I was, he didn't want to have sex. Not all the time. No. And so I was like, well, I'm young. And so we'd go clubbing all the time. Mm -hmm. And I met this guy and he was um, from New Zealand. So he had the accent too. He was tall, hot, super hot, 
super hot. hot. Already got me. Yeah. And so we went out with another, uh, I went out with a couple friends of, you know, they were mutual friends of ours. And so we'd always go dancing and I never did anything. I was never unfaithful, but it just, the tension like built and built and built over the six month period that we would go clubbing all the time. And so then when the, the person I was with at that time had decided, you know what, I'm going to go back with my ex. I don't, you know, we weren't really meant to be together. It was fun while it lasted, but that was it. That night when we ended things, it was, I think, 1230 in the morning. I drove over to this guy's house. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm single. And I'm not going to lie. It was the worst sex I've ever had. The New Zealander? Yes. So bad. What? That I had to go back and try again just because I wanted to make sure he wasn't having an off night. So I'm sharing this because he had everything going for him, like everything going for him. But even after all that emotional, like, because we had this intense emotional connection. And I'm surprised nothing happened before that. But chemistry. still, it was, I, I hope he's gotten better. I, chemistry is everything, right? Chemistry. And there can just be uh, hmm, verbal chemistry, yeah. like you had with, right? You had that with this person. Yeah. And then there's beyond that. I think that's really important to note. Uh, and it's okay just to have the verbal chemistry. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's more hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Lane's going to ask a question. <laughs> now I'm scared. Okay. So wait. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, dating, uh, when we, I, I don't know, there's something about dating. You can go, you can go all over the place with dating in your recovery. You know, you can try out, you know, you can be on one side of the fence and then move to the other side of the fence. Uh, when I met my husband, you know, I hadn't dated in, uh, like two years uh, prior to that, I hadn't dated in like five years. Like I had a long stint of, well, not, not like four, three years, four years of complete abstinence of sex, which was amazing. Uh, one of the best things I could have done for myself because I had a serious sex, uh, you know, addiction. Mm -hmm with my first girlfriend, like that was kind of our, a part of our thing that we had going on. And I think it's okay to be able to give oneself that space to explore sexuality and explore where they want to go. Uh, and did you know, did you know that I was married to a woman? Married? No. Yeah. Married. Oh, yeah. Married. I, I, I married not. a woman. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I went when marriage, when the opportunity for gay marriage to open up, right. I was with a woman and it was all of a sudden we were on this, on the stairs of San Francisco city hall in line and got married. And I did that out of this celebratory moment in history to be a part of a movement and to be a part of gay activism. And I, and I truly believe that it, you marry who you want to marry. You, you, your soul does not say, oh, you can only be with, uh, you know, 
white women or uh, brown skin men or like that, that's not how it works. So I celebrated and ended up married to a woman. And then her and I had a very tumultuous relationship. It was very intense. And uh, we were together on and off for years in, in my recovery and out of my recovery. So pre and post. And I know you're saying, get on with the story lane. Uh, so I want to, what I'm trying to say here, what am I trying to say is that it's okay to explore your identity. And when I got, when I found my husband, there was this question of like, well, you're already married, right? Like, so what are you going to do? So it's like, I figure this stuff out, right? I've been able to figure out all kinds of information about myself because I've stayed true to myself, which has been amazing. And I, there's something about people in recovery who explore this and then they become afraid of like the judgment mm -hmm. or they become afraid of what society is going to talk about. Uh, I, at one point thought, oh, I'm going to just be a spinster, forget it because I don't want to own my identity. That was tragic. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> You're giving me that look. You're giving me that look. Okay, I'm just gonna There's no look. I'm just listening. Okay. Lane, I'm just giving you a safe space on the show to talk okay, okay. Yeah. and to just be you. Just, yeah. Well, yeah. So that's my story. That it's really great that we can explore our whole being at any time. Anytime. Mm -hmm. And now I've been with my husband. Uh, it's like 15 years and I haven't really thought about women, which is, I got to tell you, it's kind of amazing because I, you know, grew up having crushes on girls all the time. Mm -hmm. And when I got sober, uh, I had this like, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like girls. I don't know if I like boys. Like it was very strange for me. And I think, I think we had this conversation the other day where I kind of, I'm envious of today's youth. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Because it's so much more open-minded. And I was reading an article the other day about, you know, people who label themselves as pansexual or bisexual. And I think it was a celebrity that I can't remember who it was that had said, I think we're all born like with the ability to love who we choose. Mm -hmm. But as we grow up, I mean, if you think about it, right, if you ask a little boy, you know, is that your girlfriend, you would, you know, people would never say, oh, do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or who are you dating? It's mm -hmm. always very specific. And mm -hmm. I find that very interesting because you're right. Today, I think, and we talked about this recently, right, where I, I and I briefly touched on it in a previous show and mm -hmm. totally froze, but you know, I'm exploring myself and my identity and who mm -hmm. I want to be and who I want to date. And that's hard to, that was really hard for me to admit, right? Mm -hmm. Because I remember when I was writing my first book and I had, you know, had this thing with a friend of mine back when I was married, the husbands knew about it, but mm -hmm. I questioned my sexuality back then. And I was like, hmm, you know, mm -hmm. but because I had liked men as well, I was like, well, this isn't a big deal. If I just keep dating men, I never have to look at the side of myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Until recently where it's 
brought up a few times and now I'm like, okay, maybe I need to explore this side of myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's hard to admit. You know, it's hard to admit because society, right. Shames us Mm -hmm. into this is the way it should be. This is the way you should be. Yeah. It is just atrocious to me Mm -hmm. that we live under this, um, it just makes me so angry. Yes. So I'm all for, you know, exploration, you know, and it doesn't have to happen overnight. It can happen over a period of like three years. Doesn't, there's no time on it. There's, well, there is a ticking time. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. (laughs) We all have an expiration date, right? So I'm hoping that everybody finds a loving relationship before they move on to the next, I don't know, dimension. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about dating because I find I was, you know, one of those people that I think like I was looking back as we were, you know, discussing, talking about this topic about the, the times in my life where I was kind of single. I always had like that friend with benefits there. Oh my God. Yes. Always. Um, but there was about a year gap in my twenties that I was actually, I could say I was kind of single Mm. and I don't know. It was, it it was an interesting time, but I think it was more like, okay, I'm just going to have all these hookups. Right. And I'm, you know, I've been in, I don't know, three, three long-term relationships, four years, four years, nine years, actually eight years. So four, um, but that was the only time in my life that I'd actually dated. And then when I got sober after, after I had had that amazing sexual experience with, I had, we had been together actually for about seven months. I lived with him for a little bit, you know, cause there's that joke in recovery about what is an alcoholic bring to the second day to U-Haul. <laughs> so it. we moved in, but when we had separated, there was a few month gap that I was actually doing the online dating thing. I thought that joke was for lesbians. Um, it could, could be both. Okay. I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah. That used to be a big joke in the lesbian community. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. hear it in the recovery community all the time. Okay. So the online dating, right? Because back in the day you had to meet people at a bar, at a club, at a social function through a friend, like you didn't have this online dating. So that was my first experience to online dating, which I'm kind of, I'm at this point right now where I, I told myself if, you know, my higher power, have it be, I'm not going to date for a year. Um, I don't know if that will happen that way. <laughs> so it's like, do I go back on the online dating thing? And it's like, mm, I'm very hesitant because I had an experience where I had started this online dating and I think I dated about four, four or five people. And this guy started, you know, talking about his life. Thing was go- things were going good. He invited me out for dinner. And partway through the dinner, he started talking about the alimony he owed his wife. You know, like, get. I think we need to get honest a little quicker nowadays instead of waiting a year before you let all your crap out. But I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Where is this going? And then it came up that he doesn't have any money. And by the end of the date, he was actually hinting at me paying for the bill. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm no. like, how about we each pay for our own? Like, but I was no. just like, wow, dude. And then he actually reached out and said, hey, we should hang out again. I'm like, no, delete delete no No. so i I, this whole online dating dating app situation grateful 
so grateful that I found recovery and my partners before this ever happened. Uh, although I did find my husband on an app or an, a website, a dating website. And I, I, I had been dating in the, on the app for about two or three months, just hitting it hard. You know, it was the time when Tim Ferriss was on the dating scene and everybody loved Tim Ferriss. He's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to date Tim Ferriss. And, uh, Jesus, <laughs> help me now. Um, thank God that never happened. Let me tell you, I saw his profile and it was strictly for hookups. It was, and I, I wasn't looking for hookups then. Uh, so pausing because I need to get clarity. This is an edit as well. Uh, my husband and I met and it was his first time and my last time I told my friend, Martha, I said, Martha, this is the last time I'm doing this shit. I cannot do this anymore. These guys are creepy. I went out with this one, one man who he's like, let's meet at the dog park and you can meet my dog. Cause we, I had a dog too. And I show up, we have the same breed of dog. I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. This is great. And these dogs are so gentle. Okay, let's just start there. Gentle breed dog. And suddenly he has this little device in his, in his hand and he like, and I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's a shocker. And I said, what? He's like, yeah, I got to shock my dog to make sure, you know, that you stays over here. And this concept to me, I'd never heard of this little device thing before. I, I looked at him. I said, you know what? I'm going to go now. It was so disturbing to me that this guy was walking around with the shot, like the shot collar for his dog, the gentlest breed ever. Uh, so that was one of my online dating experiences. And then the next one was with this famous photographer who, uh, creepy, as can be creepy. And after that, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then I met my husband, which is a miracle. Miracle. Miracles thank do God. happen. Thank, thank God. Because I, I had kind of like just said, you know what? I'm okay being single. Like I I'm okay being a spinster. I'm okay. Uh, serving and being that person. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that online dating stuff is so hard. Mm-mm not interested in that. And if, you know, if God forbid, if anything were ever to happen to my marriage now, and I had to go be single again, mm -mm, not doing it. No, no more. No, I would not do an, I would not do an online dating thing. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And I know, yeah, you no. know, I know a lot of people right now who are Gen Xers like we yep. are, and yep. they're finding themselves single again Yeah, for the first time in a long time. And it's kind of like, some of them are ready to date. Some are not ready. You know, some have waited about a year and now they're kind of trying to step into it again. But it's like, we used to have to actually meet people in person. You know, you, you get this connection by seeing somebody, talking to somebody. And I feel like with the online space, the only reason I, I don't really, well, there's a number of reasons that I don't love it. But one of them is that you can be anyone you want online. You can type out anything right? you want in your bio and then you meet them in person. And it's like, whoa right? You never know. Like the, like the famous photographer that I, yeah. like, I just 
no horrified. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So what about, uh, going to a church? Uh, I think that's a great place to meet other humans who might be single, uh, meetup.com has a ton of different types of events to go hang out, go bike riding, uh, go play Scrabble, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like meetup.com is a phenomenal place to find other people because you want to get out there and you want to be active, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to find somebody at home, mm-hmm. you know, alone. And, and if you're not ready to go out and be social with people and other humans, there's online activities. Like I did this really cool thing a couple of weeks ago where you know, I, I signed up to play this online strategy game with people and we were broken into teams and we had to communicate with each other and we were all hanging out online. It was so freaking fun. I won just saying my <laughs> team, my team did. won. Yeah, yeah, we won. So yeah, we were like, anyways, so there's all kinds of ways to meet people besides these online apps. I think, I think the online app is a lazy way to meet people and find true love. There you go. I'm just saying it. Okay. Put it out there. So yep, if you're online it. challenge, get out there and meet people for real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not, uh, you know, go on a white water river rafting, you know, adventure who knows who you're going to meet. Yep. And you bring up a good point. If you're doing a meetup, right. Mm-hmm. A group that is specifically towards your interest, you're going to meet someone else who has the same interest as you do. I mean, it seems, it seems very, as I say that out loud, it's like, wow, that's really logical lane. Like that's really (laughs) logical advice. (laughs) Practical. Yeah. That's, it's all about that. Simple. Keep it simple here. Keep it simple. Now, I and I I'm bringing this up because of the episode of Casual that I watched last night is you know she goes on a date um she's set up from a friend of hers and they kind of do you know how you do the like get to know each other kind of small chat in the beginning yeah. and she actually because she's very blunt right she's a I think she's a psychiatrist or a psychologist and the guy's talking about stuff that's boring the crap out of her and he's like I'm boring you and she goes you know what I'm just gonna be honest yeah (laughs) you are actually and he goes and they start laughing about this you know why is it that on that first date you kind of talk about the lighter stuff and like ha 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 and if it's boring it's boring and so they start admitting secrets to each other and just like back and forth like okay share something right Mm -hmm. and they end up having sex that night. I mean, you know, they just got, do you, what do you think about that? Like, I think that we're kind of at that age now as Gen Xers where it's like, okay, can we skip all the small talk? Like, why can't we just be straightforward and honest with people? Like, this is where I am right now. You know, we don't have to scare them. We could leave some things, but what do you think? Well, I think there's adventure in a conversation. Yeah. Right. It's a skill set that I, it, it, it's lost. Totally. <laughs> it's been lost. It has been thrown into the ocean of disaster. Uh, you know, COVID has kind of really broken us down mm-hmm. and dating is an opportunity to build that skill set, right. To improve the conversation. Like, how do you have conversations? You ask smart questions mm-hmm. that that's what you do. Mm-hmm. 
You listen with intent. Focus. Focus. Yeah. I mean, people want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you want to find a date and be successful on that date, just be present with them in that moment. Right. It comes back to mindfulness. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing in the world. Yes, it is. And there's something I want to mention. So for anybody that's listening, that's single right now, you want to get back into the dating pool. Um, I'm, I'm trying to kind of slow myself down and take some time to be single. But I think there there's something about going into a date, being confident, right? Knowing your worth, knowing your value. Every time I've gone on a date... I've always taken the approach like I'm worth it, like I'm a good catch, right? And I'm not trying to sound egotistical or anything, but I am, right? And so when I go into the date, like I've never had any problems dating, right? But I think, you know, it's like you are worth it, right? It just goes back to our human rights. Yep. The foundation of who we are, we are here to be loved, find love, share love, to be heard, to be seen. It is our journey and experience, this human experience that needs to be validated. And we do that by owning our confidence. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And if you do go on a date and you want to share your experience with us. Oh, yes. We'd love to hear about it. I want to hear. Yeah. For sure. I've told you, I think, two or three stories about my crazy dating crap. Exactly. So, not that yours would be crap. <laughs> but let's but hear it. could it. be. Let's hear some of your dating, you know, then we can give people a heads up of what's out there for those right. of you just dabbling again. Would you rather find true love or be rich? True love. Really? Yeah. I like connection. Mm-hmm. I love connection. That's mm-hmm. big for me. And I think if you have true love, you mm-hmm. kind of, you're rich in your own way. This is true. I'm going to be both anyway. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I got both. That's good. So, yeah. That's good. Okay. Would you rather wake up next to Jason Bateman or Will Arnett? Will Arnett. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's wrap this one up. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Oh, one more thing before we go though. Yeah, Did what? you know we have a webinar? <gasps> we do? Yeah, we do. Okay, it's a webinar. A webinar. Yeah. If you're thinking... How about let's call it a masterclass. A masterclass, yes. If you're thinking like WTF, now what? Yeah, what What WTF? Head on over to the nowwhatacademy.com and check it out. It'll be there. You can also get on the wait list for the Academy, which is going to be mind-blowing. I just want to yeah, throw I'm that out there. I'm excited about this uh, academy. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and, and if you want to check out this masterclass, you know, I think we're going to be talking about, like, how do you shift your mindset? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you make these big seismic shifts Yeah. so you can be sleeping next to the person that you, like, really want, right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait to see you there. All right, my friend. See you next time. I will see you next time. Okay. We'll see you next time. Bye.